Okay. All right. Anybody excited to be in church today? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Well, hey, I wanted to take just a second and welcome all those who are watching via the interwebs online, um, whether that's live or later. Okay. So I wanted to welcome you. Maybe you're watching this on a phone, tablet, Maybe you rented out a movie theater and you're watching this on an IMAX. That's a strong flex, okay, if you did that. Uh, so that's awesome. And, of course, those who are watching at our South Side, South Campus. Uh, South Side, I just want to give you a virtual hug, okay? There it is. It's always COVID-friendly, okay? So, uh, hey, now, I'm not going to ask you to, to give it up for yourselves. So I want you to, I'm going to ask you to give it up for everyone else watching at the North Campus, the South Campus, those who are watching online. Come on, let's, let's make some noise. <clears throat> it was great. That was great. I heard it here at North Campus. I also heard it at the South Campus. So I got a live feed in the ears. And so if you want to talk back to me today, that would be fantastic. Now, uh, it, and, and also I just want to say welcome to Baby Dedications Weekend, the cutest weekend of the year. Now, uh, I, I've decided I want to get dedicated again, okay? So maybe have my parents, Sweet Sheila and Chuck, uh, up here holding me, right? And Scott coming up to, to pray for me. That's a dream come true, okay? So that might happen next week. <laughs> it could if Scott lets me. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. So uh, we, we also, we've got Easter coming up, okay? Easter's coming up, and so we have this sermon series, Promises, leading up to Easter. So I just want to encourage you, be praying about who God's going to have you invite or bring to Easter. Uh, it's going to be great for the entire family. So we've got an Easter egg extravaganza and kids, and, uh, and it is going to be, it's going to be bumping. So it's like the Super Bowl of Christianity, okay? So it's going to be great. But leading up to that, we've got promises, and, uh, and so uh, the title of the message today, uh, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, because everybody knows note takers are history makers, okay? You're world changers. You actually get an eternity pool next to your hot tub in heaven if you take notes in church. It's true. It's in the Bible. Look it up, okay? So the title of the message today is Jehovah's Promise to Jireh, okay? Jehovah's Promise to Jireh. That is not a typo. I'll explain it here in just a minute. So just to, just to lay the groundwork, okay, for where we're heading today, I wanted to give the big idea uh, just to kind of let you know where we're going, and that is this. God will provide because it's who he is and it's what he does. Okay, so write that down. God will provide because it's who he is and it's what he does. Okay, I, I know that I should probably uh, I should probably explain the object lesson for today. Okay, so popcorn. Love popcorn. I love the movies. Anybody love the movies here at the North Campus, South Campus, watching online? Maybe you can type in the chat, a movie reel, or some popcorn. I love, I love everything about the movies. I, I love going to the movies, even post-quarantine. I've had the opportunity to do so a couple times. And, and I have this process for filling up my popcorn, okay? So I get the bucket, fill it up. And then I take it over to the liquid gold, okay, the, the butter. It's not real butter, but it's better, okay? It is. It's, just, it's, it's very good. So you take the popcorn over, and you put the, the straw into, into the popcorn, okay? It's a pro tip. You stick it under the spout where the glory comes out, and you let that butter, okay, you, you let it seep to the bottom, and then you shake the bucket 50 times. Everybody say 50 times. Now, notice I didn't say 49 times. I didn't say 51. It's got to be 50 times. And then after that, then I, then I give a really generous, a heavy covering of the liquid gold, uh, and, and then a little, little bit of salt on top, and then I shake it 50 more times, okay? So it's, really, it's ruminating, okay? 
It's, uh, it's marinating, if you will. And, and then I give a nice little finishing drizzle, a dash of salt, bada boom, bada bing, you're good to go, okay? Make sure you grab some napkins if you, if you follow that process. And so I love the movies. I love everything about the movies. Now, I, I love the storyline. I love the character development. I love everything about it. You'll notice I didn't say I like the drama, right? I don't like the relational confusion, okay? I don't like when shirtless Matthew McConaughey appears on the screen, okay? That's, that's not what, I don't like The Bachelor. I know it's not a movie. I just had to slide that in there. But, but if, I, if I am watching something like that, okay, then, uh, then at least I'll have good popcorn while, while I'm there. But, uh, but you, know what's, you know what's true about good movies? When you have that, that setup of the tension, right? You've got, good, you've got good character development. And then you have that climactic moment at the end where, where the, the hero, the protagonist, right? Whether that be Leo, maybe it's Denzel, could be Tom Cruise. I don't know what your flavor is. Uh, but, but that person shows up at just the right time and they save the day. The tension is solved by the protagonist and they save the day. That, that makes for a good movie, and, and I love movies. That's, that's actually what I want to talk to you about today. There's a character in the Bible where there was a promise given to him, and God delivers at just the right time. And we're ta- in promises, we're going to be talking about the promises of God, and not only the fact that they're true, but that we can actually apply those promises to our lives, and we actually look a little bit more like Jesus and less like this world. So we're, we're going to be looking at a bunch of promises. And so I'm reminded of God's promise to deliver Moses from uh, the, the Egyptians, him and the Israelites. God's promise to Joshua to be with him always. And so because of that, he could be strong. Uh, but, but another one that we're going to be talking about today is Abraham. And, and Abraham, you probably heard of Abraham before, right? You might have grown up listening or, or singing Father Abraham in Sunday school, right? This, this is Abraham we're talking about. And, uh, and, and his, his title really was... Father Abraham. And here's, here's what was really interesting about that. It, it, it really didn't make sense for him to be called Father Abraham for a while because he didn't have any children for a long time. In fact, before his name was Abraham, it was Abram. Everybody say Abram. Abram. And what that meant in Hebrew was exalted father, okay? So literally, his purpose in life was to be this amazing dad. What's really tough about that is he didn't have any children. So there was a purpose that God had placed on his life, and it was actually his identity, but he wasn't facing the reality of that identity. He, he, didn't, he didn't have the truth. He didn't have the components that allowed for that identity to be a reality. So God gave Abram a promise. In Genesis 15, verses 5 and 6, it says, Then the Lord took Abram outside, And said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Look at this. This is very important. And Abram believed. Somebody say believe. Somebody else say believe. Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So, there was a promise from God to Abram, and he believed it. Even though he didn't, he didn't see how it was going to happen, he was getting older and older, and he, he really didn't see how it was going to come about, but he knew that he still had an identity, and now God was reassuring that promise. He was reassuring that purpose 
by making him a promise, and Abraham believed it. And then sometime later, God changed Abram's name to Abraham, okay? So this is, this is crazy, because even after, uh, like, Abraham is trying to take matters into his own hand, he's, he, he slept with the maidservant to, to try and have a son, and he's take, even, he, he wasn't perfect by any means. He, he wasn't a, a 100% man of faith all of the time, but God had made a promise to him, and God even changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And so Abram meant exalted father. Abraham, it literally meant father of a multitude. So not only did he have this plan, this purpose for his life, but now God's taking it a step further. And he's saying, I know you don't have any kids yet. I know you haven't seen anything happen yet, but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to speak more of a promise onto your life. Not only are you going to be an exalted father, but you're going to be the father of a multitude. And he's furthering this promise that he gave him earlier on in Genesis. And so after a long time of waiting, God delivered on his promise and he gave Abraham a son. His name was Isaac. And Abraham was 100 years old, okay, when he finally had his son. That's a long time of waiting. That's a, that's a long time of living your life, thinking you have a purpose in life, but never actually seeing some of the realities of how you think it should go, how you feel that you should be moving forward, but God delivered a son. And then the very next chapter, look at this. This is, this is crazy. Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2. After these things, what, what do these things mean? Well, God delivering on his promise and giving him a son. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am. Take your son, your only son. So in case you forgot, Abraham, this is, this is your son. This is the son whom you love, the son that I've provided for, the son who's going to move forward the purpose that I have for your life, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So this is, this is literally the culmination of Abraham's purpose wrapped up in his son Isaac. And God is saying, I have this plan for your life. You're going to be the father of a multitude. It's going to happen in your life. But he tested Abraham's faith. He tested Abraham's faith to see if, if Abraham would trust him more than he trusted his own logic and reasoning. Look at Abraham's response. So Abraham rose early. Somebody say early. In the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. Abraham responded with immediate obedience. So he had made a decision to lean into obedience and even to, to seek it out. And I think that we can learn something from this. When God gives you direction in life, and, and you're thinking to yourself, ah, that's probably the right thing to do. God has been speaking to me. I probably should take a step in that direction. Do you immediately move with obedience? What is your response? What, 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 is, what is the gut-level honest response from you? Are, is it to take a, an immediate step of obedience, or is it to think it through and process it and say, does this really make sense to me? And so 
They cut up the wood. They had the fire ready. They climbed the mountain. And they were doing things that this, this would have been a common practice. Sacrificing animals to the Lord would have been common practice in the Old Testament. It was atonement for sins, and it was the covering of, of the sins of the people. So this would have happened all the time. So they, they got everything ready. They're climbing the mountain. They've got everything good to go except for the one thing that they need, and that is the animal for the sacrifice. So, so Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Look what Abraham says. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So Abraham continues forward. He's moving forward. They're climbing the mountain. They're, they're doing what they do to prepare this burnt offering to the Lord. Again, Isaac would have seen this done in the past. I, this, is, this is something that would happen pretty commonly. So he would have seen the firewood. He would have seen the ropes. He would have seen all the, even the knife to kill the animal. But, but he sees all of that, but one thing's missing, the animal for the sacrifice. So let's paint this picture for a second. Can you imagine being Isaac, right? Like, so dad, looks like we got everything here. Abraham says, yep. <laughs> That's great. That's great, dad. So, you, know, you got some nice firewood there. It's a, some choice, some choice firewood there. It's going to have a nice, nice smell to it. Is that, what, is that oak? What, is, is, no, is it, is it cher cherry? No, it, well, that's, that's great. That's a really sharp knife. Yeah. <clears throat> I got there, Dad. And uh, wow, those ropes seem strong. And that, that conversation it continues to move forward, even to the point of Abraham tying Isaac up onto the altar. And Isaac, is, he, he's having this conversation. Can you imagine the confusion? The one person that you look for in life for safety. The one person who you know loves you no matter what. That's the person who's putting you on the altar, Abraham reaches for the knife to kill his son, and, and God stops him. And then Abraham sees in the, in the distance an animal that had been caught in a thicket. And so they took the animal. God provided the animal. They sacrificed it to the Lord. And this is what Abraham said in Genesis 22, verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of Jehovah, it shall be Provided. Everybody turn to two people and say, Jehovah Jireh's. Jehovah Jireh's. So there, there are some truths about God's promise in our lives. God's promises in our lives. There are some truths that it's, it's just what it's true in this story, and it's true all throughout Scripture. And what we find are these three things about God's provision, His promise to provide. One, it's who He is. Two, it's what he does. And three, it's already done. Let's start with the first one. It's who he is. So we, we, we know that there are different names in the Bible. And you can actually do a deep dive on this, and you can look it up for yourselves. There, there are some different names that you can find. And it's, and it's literally God pe people naming God based on how he provided to them in different scenarios. So we see El Shaddai, that's Lord God Almighty. We see El Elyon, the, the Most High God. We see Adonai, Lord Master. We see Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. 
We see Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. We see Jehovah Ra, which is the Lord my shepherd. And the list goes, goes on and on. And, and you, you can, later on, you can, you can look and see all of the names of God. And it literally is how God provides in different scenarios. And people give him a name. And so we come to this name, Jehovah Jireh. In the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Yireh. And literally, what this word means transliterated from Hebrew to English is Jehovah will see to it. So what, what we know about a name, it, this is just true of our lives. A name brings identity to someone in relation to who they are to you or maybe to, to other people. So when you, when you know someone and they're an acquaintance, right? So that, that person, if you meet them, okay, they're, they're now not a stranger, but they are an acquaintance. And then you get to know them a little bit more. You call them a friend. So even though they have a name, you've been to, you, you begin to call them a friend. Or maybe when you get to know them a little bit better, you, they're, they're an enemy to you. I mean, it'd be kind of weird to call them, hey, hey, enemy, how you doing? <laughs> you want to go hang out later, enemy? But, but that is literally, that's, that's the name that, that you have for the people. Or maybe you, you start talking to somebody from the opposite gender. They're really attractive. So you start talking some more. Maybe you start texting or kids these days, you know, the, the way that they start relationships, they're sliding into the DMs, you know, like they're, they're getting a little bit more serious. You start talking, you start going on to some dates. And then finally, the day comes when you become FBO, Facebook official, okay? And so, so now, that person, they have a name, but what's, their, what's, what's your name for them? Boyfriend, girlfriend, babe, boo-thang, right? Like, I don't know what your pet name is, but, but that, you give them a name. Hopefully, it doesn't lead to their name being, it's complicated, right, on, on Facebook. But, but we give them a name because that's, that's what we do. A name, it brings identity to someone in relation to what they mean to you. Did you know this? God is who you need him to be whenever you need him to be it and however you need him to be it. Because where people will fail you, God never will. When people fall short, God always comes through. When people run out of resources, God always provides because it's who he is. If you believe it, come on, let's celebrate together. This is who God is, Jehovah Jireh. It's who he is. That's who God is to you. So God literally exists in our lives to have relationship with us and to provide for us. So not only is who he is, but secondly, it's what he does. This, this is what God does in our lives. If, if, if it's true that God exists in our lives to have relationship with us and then to provide for us, then we know that, that he's not just provided for us before, but he in fact is providing for us right now. Think about it. He is providing oxygen for you to breathe in about 20,000 breaths a day through your lungs so that the approximately 50 gallons of blood in your body can be pumped to your heart to give life to the nearly 100 trillion cells, 100 billion of which are cells in the brain to give the body function. So God not only God not only created you and provided life for you, but he is providing life for you in this moment. God not only provided, but he is providing for you in this moment. And, and for the skeptics in the room, just ask any of the parents, okay? And when their kids start talking about people getting out of their room, okay? And, and they want to go somewhere in their car, right? Or they want to watch something on 
their phone or their tablet. The parents were like, I'm going to tell you this right now. I not only provided that for you, and I can unprovide it for you real quick, okay, because I am providing that for you in this moment. That's that's who God is in our lives, and that's what he does. He has provided us life by creating us. But he is providing life for us in this moment continually. That's what God is doing for you. You can think of it this way. God not only gave you life, but is giving you life right now. That's, that's what God does. That's who he is, but it's what he does. It's all throughout Scripture. We, we, could, we could look all day at different verses in the Bible about God's provision. Isaiah prophesied about it in Isaiah 58, verse 11. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Paul preaches about it in Philippians 4. He said, and my God will meet all your needs. Somebody say all. Somebody else say all. According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So if Isaiah is prophesying about it and Paul's preaching about it, let's go to the real source, Jesus. What does Jesus teach about provision? He says, consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They do not have a storeroom or barn Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. How many of you know spring's coming? We're going to start seeing some green. God's going to provide photosynthesis to the weeds in our lawn. And it's going to make us very frustrated. How many of you know if he's providing for the sunlight, for the weeds in the garden? And I, I get all of the, the Scott sprays, and, and like I, I try and do my part to, to try and make sure the weeds go away. And then all of a sudden, a new weed pops up. He provides for them. If he's providing for the weeds in your grass, how much more valuable are you than anything? Because you are his son. You're his daughter. You, God loves you, and he's going to provide for you. Let me tell you some good news. It's not just who he is. But it's what he does. That can, that can give you some trust in God. It's not only an identity. It's not some far-off abstract idea. But God desires. He, he actually wants to. Did you, did you ever think about that? God actually wants to provide for you. Going back to the scenario of parents, you want to provide for your kids. Not only do you have the ability to, but you actually have a desire to. Why? Because you love them. So you are a parent to them. That's who you are. And what you do is you continually provide. That's our Father, our Father God in heaven to us. He is Jehovah Jireh. It's who he is. It's what he does. And most importantly, it's already done. Think of it this way. This, this is mind-blowing about God. This is crazy. If we really understood this, it would completely change our perspective about God. Did you understand that when we're talking about the movie, and we, we look at the beginning of the movie, right? The beginning credits, they start, right? And you start to see some artistic design that's symbolic. Maybe it's foreshadowing of what's going to happen later on in the movie. And then you move forward a couple minutes in, and you meet your protagonist. You meet your main character, right? And so you start to learn some things about this main character, maybe some of their friends, maybe some of their family. 
and then you, you start to see some character development. So there's a progression, right? And then some tension starts to come. So you, maybe a problem occurs in the movie, and you're like, okay, that's going to be the problem that we need to see solved. And, and this, is, this is how we view time, right? We view it as linear, as, as beginning and end. We see it as clip by clip, scene by scene, all the way until the very end, roll credits. That's how we see time. But God operates outside of a timeline. So he, he literally is omnipresent, which means he's all places, at all times, all of the time. That's who God is. So he's the director. He's the executive producer. He sees it all, all the time, and he's there right now. So did you know this? In Revelation 22, verse 12 and 13, he says, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So, so check this out. It's not only who he is, but it's what he does. Maybe that very thing that you're praying for in this moment, it's already provided. God's just waiting for you to show up. So we, when, when you were praying about things, when we're wanting things, we're talking about things, God, would you just provide X? God, would you just provide Y? God, would you just provide all of these things? God's like, I've already provided it because it's who I am. It's what I do, and it's already done. I'm just waiting on you to get there. So you just need to trust me in the process. Colossians 1.17 says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So you know this. He's already provided for you. He's already there. He's just waiting on you to show up. He's, he's already provided the best possible scenario. Now when I say that, notice I didn't say he didn't provide your perfect scenario, right? So we, we can think up some pretty interesting scenarios, right, of, of provision in our lives. We might even just speak it, blab it and grab it, name it and claim it, right? We, we might just, Lord, I just pray that you'd provide my Escalade riding on 40s and spinners. Lord, I, Lord I, I, just, I just pray that you would provide the perfect job where I work five minutes a week. I wake up not on a Monday, but I wake up on a Tuesday. Not at, not at 8 a.m., but at but at 10 a.m., I put in five good minutes, and I call it a work week, right? Like, we, we pray some pretty specific, some pretty interesting prayers about provision. And, and we can speak it in faith. We, we can do that, and that's exactly what Abraham did. Look at this. Abraham said in verse 13, after, this is, this is after God had provided, Okay? This, this, this is literally Abraham's reaching for the knife to kill his son. He's like, God, I, I don't know how you're going to work this out. I think this is actually pretty jacked up. This is messed up, but, but I'm going to trust you. He's reaching for the knife, and God stops him. In verse 13, Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. Do you remember what animal Abraham spoke in faith that God was going to provide? He said that God himself was going to provide a lamb. Can I just tell you this today? 
Some of you have been praying for a lamb, but God wants to give you a ram. Why? Because he alone knows what's best for us. He alone is omniscient. He alone knows everything, and he has a plan. And so sometimes he puts us in a place of shaping our perspective. And sometimes you look at your situation, and you say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to speak that you're going to provide a lamb. And he's like, you don't understand what's best for you is I'm going to provide a ram. And although we might not understand it, although we don't get it, God will provide because it's who he is, it's what he does, it's already done. Come on, people, let's celebrate together. Jehovah Jireh. But hey, this is, this is why some of us don't watch suspenseful movies, right? Because the tension is just too much. I actually have a friend who will who will close their eyes and, like, block their ears when, when any moment of suspense or tension happens in a movie, right? Because that, that's, that's the human condition, right? We want to know how he's going to provide. We want to know when he's going to provide. For the single people, we want to know who he's going to provide in Jesus' name. That's what, that's what we want to know. How many of you like have prayed that prayer when you were in sixth grade? Lord, just show him to me right now. I, I'll trust you. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. We just, we want to know because we can't handle the tension. I almost said, you can't handle the truth. But that's true that we just, we can't handle the tension. We, we want to know where the blessing is, right? That's, where we, that's what we want to know. God, just show me the blessing and I'll go. God, if you'll just show me, I'll take a step. God, if you'll just show me what it's going to be, who it's going to be, when it's going to be, I'll, I'll climb that mountain all day. But that's not how it works. Because maybe the blessing isn't in some financial miracle. Maybe it's not from the check in the mail. Maybe it's not the really good tax return that we're really hoping for, right? Standard deduction makes it hard. Maybe it's, maybe it's not in the miraculously more time that, that you, you know, you, you just tend to run out of time all the time. Maybe, maybe it's not the, the time that you just have on your hands miraculous. Maybe it's not in a house or in a job or in a relationship. Maybe it's not in a location, Maybe it's not in a negative diagnosis from the doctor. Maybe, maybe it's in the obedience to God. Maybe the blessing that you have been looking for and praying for is not in what you think. Maybe it's not in the lamb, but maybe it's in the ram. And it's going to take you taking a step to climb up the mountain to see that God has already provided that ram for you. He's just waiting on you to show up. You know, for some of you, God has been speaking to you about the Forward Campaign after Vision Weekend. And we're getting so excited about all that God's doing in the church. And God wants you to take a step up the mountain. Maybe he's been speaking to you and, 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 and you're like, yeah, I should probably do that. But I'm telling you, he's going to provide for you after you take a step because God meets you up on the mountain. That's where God meets you. Remember, Abraham didn't see the provision until, until he climbed the mountain until he took the steps of obedience, even in the midst of confusion, even in the midst of disagreement. Don't you think he probably disagreed with God on this step of obedience, on this direction? 
But if the blessing isn't in the check in the mail, maybe it's you climbing the mountain and taking a step of obedience to give. If it's not in you having more time, maybe it's you giving your time to serve on a team and giving the gifts that, that God's given you. Maybe, maybe if it's not in a relationship that you're chasing, maybe it's you leaning into the life group that God has placed you there, leaning into the awkwardness, right, that every group is going to have, leading, leading into the uncomfortable moments, Maybe, just maybe, the blessing, the provision is not going to happen how you think. So my question for you, actually I have three. Can I ask three of the questions? My questions for you today, when God gives you a promise, what are you going to do about it? What will you do with the promises that God has for your life? One, will you believe it? This is where it all started, when his name wasn't even Abraham yet. It was Abram. God, God told him, look at the stars. And if you can count them, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And what happened? In verse 5, or verse 6, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Before, before there was a mountain for Abraham to climb, there was a promise for Abram to believe. Sometimes that's the starting point for you. It's just believing that there is a plan for your life. That it is true what Paul said, that the plan, the will that God has for my life is good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. Maybe it's just starting there. Just believe that God's promises are true. Then once that's happened, my second question is, will you live it? It was probably really, it was a lot easier for Abraham to say he believed that God's promises were true than to actually take a step of obedience. And once God had delivered the promise and given him Isaac, then he tested him and he said, okay, now it's time for you to give him back to me and sacrifice Isaac back to me. What did he do? Remember his response in verse 3? So Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey and two of his young men with him. And who else did he take? His son, Isaac. Abraham lived it. He didn't just believe it, but he received it. And he lived it out. So when God gives you a promise, when God gives you direction, are you going to live it out even when it's confusing? Even when it doesn't make sense to you? Even when you're tired? Even when it doesn't line up? Are you just going to trust God? And three, will you speak it? So Abraham, he's going on this crazy journey of faith with God. We're okay, God, I believe you. I'm waiting a hundred years before you even deliver the first part of your promise. And now that I've gotten him, you're about to take him away from me. I, I believe you. I'm going to take a step of faith. And how many of you know it's, it's like we do that. We'll take steps and we'll do the right thing time and time again over and over. But then it's, it's really difficult to speak life onto it. Can I tell you this? How did God create the world? With his words. And did you know this? You were created in God's own in image. You were created in the likeness of God, meaning this, you have the creative power of words. What are you going to do with that power that God has given you? Are you going to speak life? Are you going to speak faith? Even when you don't understand it? Even when you don't agree with it? Even when Isaac was asking Abraham, Dad, looks like we're all good here. 
So where's the sacrifice? In verse 8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And guess what? Sometimes you're going to miss it. Sometimes you speak faith, and God's not going to provide exactly how you say. But guess what? That's not for you to determine. We, we're just called to have faith in God, and he's going to take care of the rest. Because it's who he is. It's what he does. And it's already done. God's already provided. He's just waiting on you and I to show up. In church, if I could just be gut-level honest with you today, as we were planning the sermon series, as we were looking at the calendar, and my, my name was on this weekend to preach about this topic, I, I got to be honest with you. At first, I was like, baby dedications weekend, and we're, I'm going to preach on provision. Well, some of you have been on the journey with Caitlin, my wife and I, but we've been trying to have a baby for a while now, and we've been trying to get pregnant. And, uh, and at first, we had, we had our whole plan out, right? So she's a school counselor. She has summers off. And so we're like, okay, we'll, we'll plan it out to where we'll have the baby right at the end of May so we can, we can have our baby right then. Then we can be all tan for the baby. It's going to be perfect, right? So then there were a few months that went by and, and negative test, negative test, negative test. And we're like, hey, it's okay. That's okay, Right? Like, you're like, what does a Christian say in this moment? It's fine. Lord's timing. I'm, it's fine. It's okay. I'm a pastor. I have to believe this, right? Like, this, it's okay. Fall babies are cool. Dress it up like a pumpkin. It'll be great, right? Like, that's awesome. Month after month, negative tests. Another negative test. Another negative test. And we believe that this promise is true about our lives, about our family, we believe it. In our hearts, we believe it. So we continue taking steps. Say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work like it depends on me, pray like it depends on you. I'm, I'm going to take tests. We're, we're going we're gonna to take all the measures that we can. We're, we're, we're going to do all the tips and tricks. And uh, Gluten's bad? Cool. Take it out. Then we realize that didn't make a difference, so bring on the pizza. You know what I'm saying? And after every negative test, we, we said, okay, is this true? That even in the midst of, of not seeing the answer, even in the midst of not living out, of not seeing God provide when he's promised for you, what are we going to do? Are we going to believe it? Are we going to live it out? Are we going to speak faith onto our situation? And I'm telling you here today that before I got up and preached this message, we're, we're in a journey and I, I haven't even seen the end. The, the credits are not rolling yet. I'm somewhere in the middle where tension is continuing to build, and I have to make a decision. Am I going to believe this? Am I going to live it out? And am I going to speak faith? Because is it true that God is Jehovah Jireh? It's who he is. It's what he does. And guess what? God has already provided our baby. He already knows the name, and he already knows the plan, the purpose, and the future. And Jesus Jesus name because he's Jehovah Jireh all across this room I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet and and we're gonna we're gonna sing a song of praise here in a moment it's the same song that that we sang at the end of the worship set about God being faithful and if God is who he says he is and he does what he says he does and if in fact 
He's already provided it. And all we got to do is have faith. All we have to do is climb that mountain of faith. Not seeing the provision before we climb it, but knowing that the answer, that the provision is at the top of that mountain. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? God, we come before you today, and I just pray for every single person in here. That, Lord, if there's, if there's a promise that we need to believe, that, Lord, we would believe it. That if there's a way that we need to take more steps in climbing that mountain, that we would do it. And while we climb, that we would speak it. We pray that we would respond to you. I want to pray for people specifically with heads bowed and eyes still closed. If you just say, Zach, that's me. We're, we're climbing the mountain together. But if I can just be honest with you, I don't, I don't even believe the promise right now. I need help in believing. Or maybe you've taken the step and you're believing, but you need some help taking steps. Or maybe while you're taking the steps, you need help to speak faith under your situation. If any of those camps are where you're at, would you just raise your hand and signify that, hey, I need help. I need prayer. I need God's help in his provision. Let me pray with you. God, I come before you and I lift every single person up in this room watching at the North Campus, those who are at the South Campus, those who are watching online, either live or later. You have a good, pleasing, and perfect will for their lives. And God, wherever we're at on our journey, we can know this, that Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. It's who you are. It's what you do. And Lord, it's already provided so we can believe in you. We can trust in you, God. And until then, we'll sing praises to you. We will proclaim together that you make mountains move, God, and we will praise you forevermore for it. Come on, church. Let's sing this together.